This is Season 2, Episode 2, with Peter Shankman. Welcome to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. Hello, Apitalizers. Welcome back to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 2. We're going to go with this naming because it's fun, and why not? Uh, today, i got a special guest on, uh, Peter Shankman. Most of you know him. For, he started the company Help a Reporter Out, which we promote all the time, Harrow. Uh, and he now runs The Geek Factory, doing public relations and create, creating content. Um, today, we have him on to discuss both his new book, Zombie Loyalists, and to talk about an issue that he's been talking about a lot, which is ADHD. And as many of you know, I've recently uh, been talking about me being diagnosed with clinical depression, and I think it was a great time for Peter and I to talk about how entrepreneurs can deal with mental illness. And like I said before, if, if you need to talk to somebody, please go talk to somebody. Don't You're not alone. I promise you, you're not alone. And Peter gives some great suggestions on how he deals with his ADHD, and I think it's a great interview. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna toss it off to here's my friend Peter Shankman, and uh, I'm here today with Peter Shankman. What's up, buddy? How's it going, my friend? Good, good. How are you? No complaints. Uh, so Peter and I met on Fox Business News. That was an interesting day because I think we had to talk about Greece, and I had no idea about Greece. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have a couple of things that I, I want to talk to the I want you to talk to the Apitalized community about because. You have two very specific angles of things that I like um, that that you stand out for. And one of them is the customer service aspect of thing. And your latest book, Zombie Loyalists, really go into that. And you're and the thing that you're talking about a lot lately is dealing with ADHD. And I've been dealing with depression publicly as well. So like, I kind of want to just chit chat with you about it, talk about it. Uh, let's talk about Zombie Loyalists first. How'd you come up with Zombie Loyalists? You know, the premise behind Zombie Loyalists, everyone has that, that one friend who loves, like, the Olive Garden or, or what, you know, he's just like, oh, my God, let's go eat there. I have to go eat, you know, and they're, they're totally, like, addicted to it. And uh, it's because they've had some kind of great experience, you know. And if you think about zombies, right, the premise behind a zombie is that they, um, they all they want to do is feed. Right? That's their whole thing, feed, feed, feed. And so if you are a, um, if you're a zombie loyalist to a uh, business, restaurant or an airline or whatever you know you have that same mentality like all you want to do is like go to that one place and so i i I ran with that the concept of zombie loyalists is you know someone's so in love with some business that all they want to do is go there and drag their friends there as much as possible and so that's sort of the sort of the uh the, the the premise behind that so i actually i talked about it a little bit in my in our latest podcast or latest uh blog issue because we talked about customer service being important um, and why I go to a particular car wash. Yeah. Right? Uh, I've tried five or six car washes in my neighborhood, and I go to the one because this particular one, while he's not the cheapest, actually polishes the chrome tips on the exhaust pipes on my car, which I know sounds, like, really ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, true, though. I mean, it's those little tiny things that, you know, you just don't get in other places. Like, there's a there's a, um, there's a a woman at the gym where I go to. Uh, she, she works the front desk, and... She always asked me what's going on, how am I doing, and she knew that I was running the Brooklyn Half Marathon this past weekend. So, and so when I came in, sure enough, first question, how'd the race go? You know, that little bit of caring. I mean, she probably sees six hundred people in a morning, but right. she 
took enough time to say, hey, how are you? So, I mean, that, that matters. That really matters. So when someone's starting a business, how do, how do they have to af- effectively produce this customer service? Like how, how does someone who's first starting out, first inventing whatever their product is, whether it's a service or a widget or whatever, how do they go about having like this right kind of mentality? I think the best advice I can give really is to understand that um, you have to hire for people. Right, you know, you could teach anyone. If you hire, if you run a hotel, you could teach anyone to uh, to um, uh, make bed sheets, right? Make hospital corners, whatever. But what you really need to do is you need to hire people for people. You need to hire people who um, are who care about people and who want to do the right thing by people. And so you do that, and then what ends up happening is that you're building a uh, a, a group of employees who truly care and who are motivated by making people happy as opposed to just like a paycheck. And that's huge. Right. You know, and once you get that, then you really could start to go. And that's when things start to take off. So these people that you're hiring, like, like I think you said something really important, which is hire people who care because if they're coming in just for the paycheck, they want to do the nine to five and they want to leave. Exactly. You want people who truly care about people. And you can see that when you interview them, when you talk to them, you know, you want to be able to understand sort of how they, um, so I always take my any employee I want to hire. I take them out for lunch, and I see how they interact with the wait staff. Right. You know, something so simple, but you really want to be aware of that because, in the end, I can go to your business or thirty other businesses. What makes you different? Right. And I think that's a, that's a really important fact because you know, especially with um, at least with my IT business, like one of the things I tell our employees, it's ninety percent personal and ten percent technical. If you can keep those relationships. You know, you get away with not that I'm saying don't do your job, but you can get away with if there's a problem or if we need to take longer than expected. If you have those personal relationships, the customer will understand it better. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's so, it's so true. It's, it, you know, it, it's not rocket science, right? We're not sitting here trying to redefine the wheel. We're simply uh, we expect such crap from a customer interaction that, that, that a little bit better is really all you have to do. What do you think started that? What do you th- where do you think the, the crap thought started? I think it, it, it was sort of the race to the bottom in terms of pricing and things like that. People started realizing that they could, um, you know, hey, we'll just make it cheaper and cheaper. And people really started saying, oh, you know, we want it cheaper and cheaper. And, and, but what we didn't realize is that, is that that came at a price. You know, it's like, it was like the, look at the whole fat versus uh, carbs uh, scenario. You know, people, we don't want fat, we don't want fat. Okay, well, we still can make it taste good. We'll just load it up with sugar. But, you know, it, you're always giving off one thing to get another thing. So you've got to be careful of that. You've got to be aware of that. And so for me, it's, it's you know, understanding that, that you can find a middle ground there. You don't have to be the most expensive. But you can also do great stuff and make the client, uh, make the customer really happy as well. Yeah, because and you, and we, the, the customer, customer winds up telling the world how great you are. That's the real the key thing to understand. Right. So the end of this is not necessarily, it's not about your price. Uh, it's about making sure that those customers, like you said earlier, become zombies and talk about your product. Because one of the things, I, I'm sure you know about this, there's two pizza places on 6th Avenue who were competing with one another. Uh-huh. And um, we talk about this in the article, but they were down to like, I think guys were like, all right, I'm making $2 a slice. Well, I'm going to make it $1.50. And then they, they got down to like 75 cents a slice. And you can't make pizza at 75 cents a slice. Exactly. And the other guy just went out of business. And, and yeah, sure, the 75 cents slice guy was like, yeah, I got it to the bottom. But the fact is, is that like his pizza probably sucked and probably nobody goes there. Totally. I don't eat that kind of like dollar pizza. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the big thing is that, you know, you wind up, you wind up, um, uh, I go to the pizza place because they know me and they know what kind of food I like. Right. 
right? Which is much what I prefer much, much more than uh, than the way uh, uh, you expect to be treated. You know, it's it's about how you're feeling and, and what matters to you. And, and if the company can understand that, it's a total difference. You know, actually, I, now that I'm thinking about this, I have two restaurants that are not even in the United States. There's one in Venice and one in Osaka that the the staff there was just so nice that like anytime someone goes to venice i'm like you have to go to my friend's restaurant yeah. anytime you go to osaka you have to go to this guy's restaurant the guy in osaka was hilarious because i was in japan for the first time and my wife and i just found this restaurant booked it online and by the time we got there the guy had looked up my entire social media profile knew everything about me which was kind of creepy but was just like oh i'm so glad you're here and he like, takes a picture with everybody and stuff like that and yeah, like, it's pretty awesome now i'm like i'm and then we were like hey where's a good place to go for drinks he actually walked us he left his restaurant and walked us like around the corner to his friend's bar that we went to back the next night too we were just telling everybody about the guy's bar too like it was just such a great experience when people just go out of their way and i think especially in japan that culture is a little bit more standard than it is here in in the states but uh because i remember i was leaving like a really nice restaurant the chef the the owner and the maitre d all like walked us out or something like that nice nice Yeah. yeah and that's that's the beauty of it again you know you're not we don't and this is, I don't think people realize they don't. We don't need um, um, sort of you know a million great things. We don't need you to do this incredible. Just be a little bit above what we expect, which is kind of crappy. Right. You talk about it in your book, the the Morton's menu. Yep. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. You know what, what amazing about Morton? It's, it's Morton's. It's so incredible. They all you have to do at Morton's is when you call and ask um, for your. Uh, for your um, reservation, reservation, they look at you and they go, "Okay, what? What? You know, are you celebrating anything?" And you go, "Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's today is my, you know, Friday's my wife's birthday." Okay, great. Well, we. Uh, what time are you going to be there? We'll see you at eight o'clock. Great. You show up, and then they have on the menu. They sit you down. It's a little paper menu, and it says, "Happy birthday, wife's name." Right. It takes what half an inch out of their life to do this. It takes no time. It takes no effort. It costs nothing, but you look at that and you wind up sharing the hell out of that with everyone because how excited are you, right? Oh, my God, they joined the name. You know, it's those kind of things. It's, it's a little, little stuff that costs them nothing, but you wind up sharing that, posting it, putting it everywhere. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think uh, people need to really take that into heart and, and start realizing that, like, we're not, you know, if you're in it just for money, you're going to lose. Yep. If you're in it for creating a fan base, that will create you more money than just trying to sell your product. Yeah. And it's, again, it's so easy to do. You know, we're not looking at changing the world here. It's a simple little thing to make people happy. And and I guess it's great that people, that most companies don't do it because, again, it makes it even easier for us to do. Right. If you find if you find that your competitors are not doing it, just do something, and that way you just beat out your competitors. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's so simple. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, the ADHD because you've been you've been pretty public about this late, recently. Yeah. Um. You, I mean, I have it too. I think because we're children of the '80s, I think everybody in our oh, generation yeah. has it. Um, and uh, we call it uh, AD who wants a waffle. Um. <laughs> I, I want to talk about just mental illness in the business place in the, in, in general, like ADHD, depression, bipolar, whatever it is. Yep. Um, how does somebody not get over it, but work around that? How does, how, how do you 
get up every day and get your stuff going and, and do what you do um, and still deal with any sort of mental issues? For me, I'm very much aware that, that to make my life work the best way it can, I need to have um, uh, set uh, not only boundaries, but set specifics, things I can do, um, things that make uh, my life easier. Um, so call them whatever you want, call them, call them, uh, rituals, you know, call them whatever, but they work for me. And so for me, it's about understanding that my brain works in a certain way and can, uh, for lack of a better word, give me grief if I don't do things in a specific format. So for instance, uh, in my closet, I have very, very, uh, limited amounts of clothing. I have t-shirts, I have a couple of button down shirts, one or two suits, uh, and jeans because that's what I wear every day. If I had to start thinking about thousands of different, oh, well, there's this and there's that. What if I got that? You know, it'd be six hours before I left the house. So I'm very aware of the kind of things that I do that make uh, my life work for me. Yeah. And once you know those things, it becomes a much easier, uh, you don't have to think about it, right? It's called the elimination of choice. So when I give keynote speeches all around the world, they're very, very easy. My contract basically says, I'll speak, you pay me, except in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, it says um, the speaker does not have to be on the ground from wheels down to wheels up for more than eight hours. So I'm very aware that when I am in Vegas, like if I have to speak at 9 a.m., that means I have to get in the night before and then I have 12 hours unsupervised, as it were, in Vegas, nothing good will come of that. Right. So for me, it's about knowing thyself, knowing what works, knowing what doesn't, and 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 making sure that I do the right thing uh, automatically. So it's just removing all of the possibility of not error, but like all of the unwanted stressors that would bring up exactly. problems. Exactly. And you, you eliminate those things, then you have much less to think about. It becomes right. a much less of a, of a potential screw-up or pitfall or whatever if you don't have to think about it. Um. You know, I've been pretty open just recently about the depression thing. It was something that I was kind of holding to the chest for a while because I was still trying to figure it all out. And uh, I think it's I think it's something that's interesting because I think so many business people in general probably have no idea why they are the way they are, right? And uh, it it can actually affect your business unless you do something about it unless you find a way to uh either like you said you know have your eliminate your choices or or find ways to keep yourself happy for me it's a matter of doing certain tasks specifically to keep myself happy you know um for example doing podcast calls i love doing these and that keeps me happy when i'm able to talk to people like you and, and do this kind of stuff. So if I don't do it, then I get upset. And if I do exactly. do it, I get happy. Exactly. No, no, again, know thyself. Right. Um, so, oh, my computer went to sleep. So let's bring it all together, right? Let's. So so you're a business owner. Uh, you actually used to run a couple businesses, obviously. Um, and now you have your public speaking and everything like that. If we had to put together like a full entrepreneurial bio like how does somebody do all this good question um excuse me i think that you know the key for me is 
again, understanding what I'm good at, hiring for what I'm not good at, right? So I have an assistant who schedules everything because I'm terrible at scheduling. You know, if I had to sit down and schedule things, things would not get done. And so she doesn't let me have access to my calendar because she knows that it's better that I that she does it. <laughs> um, you know, you want to be able to make sure that you are great at things you're great at and, and, and don't waste time um, on the things you're not. You know, there's a reason I have an accountant. Math, not my thing, right? There's a reason I have a lawyer. I'm not, I didn't go to law school. So, you know, you, you, you do the things that, that uh, you're great at and, and figure out the ways to do those in such a way that, that they work for you. And the other things, you know, that's, that's what outsourcing is for. Um, that's, you know, how much is your time worth and how much of your time are you spending doing things that you could be doing better things with? And so I think that once you know that, it becomes a lot easier to sort of manage your life. I love that you said outsourcing because that's obviously a huge part of the Apitalize of course. world, right? Because uh, for Audrey, if I, I didn't know how to code, I, I, I outsourced everything. But let's take – it kind of sounds like – and I'm not, I don't want to compare you to him, but it kind of sounds no, like you're doing – you know where I'm going with yep, this. And it's not. It's not because just doing four I'm not hours. Outsourcing things, I'm not outsourcing things just because I don't want to do them. I'm outsourcing things because I am truly not great at them. Right. Um, so I focus on things that I'm great at that make it a lot easier to do. What are you great at? I'm great at creating content. I'm great at video. I'm great at writing. I'm great at uh, producing things that people want to see, right? right? Um, I have 44 videos here that I just need to edit and upload. Uh, I'm not great at sitting down and finding time to edit and upload them, right? So I, I have all the stuff that I'm great at. I'm just not great at doing it yet. Right. What kind of content are you putting out there today? Um, so what am I working on today? Uh, well, I have a mastermind uh, called Shank Minds. And we have about a hundred and something people in it, and I am currently building. So we're building a new site that should be launching next week. So I'm in the process of uh, creating videos of all the members and things like that, and writing uh, posts for it. So we have some 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 themed content in there. I'm also spending today putting uh, more stuff on uh, Faster Than Normal. The Faster Than Normal is the ADHD podcast. So I'm definitely keeping myself busy. No question about it. <laughs> let's talk about the let's talk about the mastermind. What for people who don't know, what is a mastermind? A mastermind is a group of a collective group of people who are similar. Um, so we are people who have very, very similar. Um, uh, we're all in business. We're all entrepreneurs, things like that, and we work together to um, uh, come up with ideas and and solve problems that we would not be able to do on our own. And so it's great to be able to figure out ways to do that um, when you're in a group. So I, I, there are a lot of masterminds out there. I'm a, a a member of several, and what I realized that the majority of them are, are way too expensive um, for a starting entrepreneur. And so for me, um, I was able to uh, create one where we charge about sixty nine bucks a month, uh, which is about what seven lattes in Manhattan. Right. And um, you know they're fully virtual, completely online. We have uh, weekly um, uh, online meetings. We have uh, office hours. Uh, people can reach out to me anytime. So it's great in that regard. Um, we really try to take care of, of the people in it. And it's, it's tremendously helpful. Tremendously helpful. I had a friend who was in a mastermind that what all their mastermind was holding each other accountable. We do that too. We have accountability seminars as well where we make sure, you know, you tell us what you want and we'll make sure by next week you've done it. No, but yeah. they, they went to the next extreme where they were like, okay, you're going to – so on the accountability, they were like, you're going to write a check right now for $10,000 or whatever, some stupid amount of money to somebody you hate. And we're going to uh, hold this check for you. And if you don't do it, we're going to deposit the check. That's really funny. I love that. On your behalf. Love and that. everybody got everything done. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. I love that. You want, you could steal it. I don't know where it came from, so, so it's smart. all yours. That's so smart. Love um, it. 
And then, so you, you mentioned the Faster Than Normal podcast. Uh, how often are you putting that out? I put out Faster Than Normal probably about once a week. So we have a third, we have an episode going up usually every Wednesday. So we have a new episode going up on Wednesday. Oh, so this will go up tomorrow if I actually sit down and do the editing today, and then we'll talk about Faster Than Normal on it, so that way we could talk for the next day. If people pick it up. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so that's uh, I mean, that's really. It. You have anything else? Do you have any? What would be the one great piece of advice you can give any starting entrepreneur? Um, if you don't have haters, you're not doing enough to, to change the status quo. So you, you want to make sure you have people there who, uh, who hate you or who, who don't like you or who, who are giving you crap, you know, because that's how you prove, that's how you prove to yourself you're doing the right thing. Wow. That's really good. Uh, so I ask all my, my, uh, interviewees, cause your episode 40, which technically is awesome. season, season two, episode <laughs> two or something like that. Cause since I'm bringing it back, um, how can people find you online? Uh, my life is at shankman.com, S-H-A-N-K-M-A-N. My podcast is fasterthannormal.com, and the mastermind is shankminds.com. And I'm at Peter Shankman on all of the socials. So make sure you guys hit him up. Um, what's really awesome about you in general that I, that I love, and I think you do this, is that if you email Peter, you will respond within a couple of hours, and you, it's always you. I try my best. I, I, love, really I love that about that. Got to well, be also, real. Just, I want to throw this out there. Peter was our keynote speaker at the ACES conference just a couple weeks ago. And um, the feedback that I've been getting, dude, is so amazing. Everybody I love loved, that. I loved your, everyone loved your presentation. Because um, especially because you have a room full of IT guys and, you know, customer service is a big thing for them. And while you're not even in the IT world, it was just that so many of them were just like, oh, this changed the way I think about things and how I talk to customers and stuff like that. So... Obviously, whatever you're doing, you're doing right, and keep it up. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Try my, try my best. All right. Well, I will catch up with you soon, then, Peter. Alrighty. All righty. Talk later. My thanks to Peter Shankman for being on the show today. Uh, check out Peter's Facebook page because his title shot, which is also the the featured image in our thing, is him actually speaking at the Aces Conference. Peter was our keynote speaker this year, talking about customer service, and uh, you know, like we said in the pocket in the the interview. It's all about knowing the people, right? You have to be able to be a good people person and and be okay with humanity. I know that uh, with the internet the way it is, people love to trash on humanity. But do a little bit for people and you'll get a lot more out of your business, you know. Uh, offer free support or free help. You know, do just go that little extra inch. That's all we're asking for. Just that little extra inch. So I hope everyone uh, enjoyed today's podcast. Again, check out all of the links that are in our show notes. Please leave us a, a review on iTunes if you love the show or, or if you don't. Uh, leave some comments. Please keep emailing me. I love hearing from everybody. Uh, check out the new entrepreneurial consulting section of our website. You can have me come in, take a look at some of your stuff. I'm doing that now. And uh, stay tuned. We have some great episodes coming up. And we'll see you next time on Capitalize on Your Idea. Thank you.